What's up, everybody? Welcome to my fourth episode of Talk or Tap. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for the commitment that um, I've been pursuing and that you've been sticking around with me. And this week's guest, you can probably see it on the camera, but I have with me a fighter turned commentator and commentator turned fighter. He holds a record of eight wins and two losses. Please help me welcome with a brand new spanking nickname. Please help me welcome Richie Suave Santiago. What's going on? Nothing much, man. What's up? <sighs> chilling, man. Chilling. Halloween just ended, so we're good. We're, we're on to the holidays. I know. That was fast. Yeah, you know, 2020 has been interesting. But the only good thing is it's it's going by pretty quick. I know. This whole <laughs> year went by. I, I I try to think of the things that I did last year, and it doesn't feel like it was last year, but right. it just happened so fast. Um, what did you do for Halloween? Uh, I went to a party Friday Nice Halloween party. And then last night for Halloween night, me and my girlfriend went to Witch's Woods. It's like, it's kind of like a carnival slash haunted house place. There's like three haunted attractions and then like mm-hmm. carnival type deal. So that was pretty cool. Where was this? It's in, I'm from Mass. So it's from Westwood. It's in Westwood. Yeah. In Massachusetts. Westwood. I'm not from Rhode Island. So. Oh, I thought you were. No, 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 no. Did you I'm ever grow me. up in did you grow up in Massachusetts? Yes. You were born in Massachusetts? Yeah, I'm from Central Mass, so I'm oh. close to Rhode Island. Oh, so people get okay. confused because I'm like, I'm closer to Providence than I am to Boston, so I'm, I kind of identify more with Rhode Island, oh, I guess. Oh, cool. So, yeah. It's funny because Mass is huge. Yeah. So there's a lot of Mass to represent, but you'd rather. Right. When you fight, you represent from? Milford, Mass. Milford. Yeah, always. Uh, which you told me. You, your nickname was the Milford Mauler. Originally. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you come up with that? I didn't come up with it. That, I don't know how that happened. I think it was a mistake um, because I fought this guy, Miguel Restrepo, who is from Florida or whatever. And his nickname was the Magic City Mauler. Okay. And so then when we fought, they announced me as the Milford Mauler. And I'm like, that's not my nickname, but I could see the confusion. So I think that's how it happened. And then it just kind of stuck for a while, and everybody was calling me the Milford Mahler. And the um, Adam Palazzo, the announcer at CES, yeah. he like ran with it. He loved it. Like he would like I would go to like CES MMA events, like not even fighting, just kind of hanging out. Yeah. And then he would like get on the mic and be like, "Oh, let everybody look, the Milford Mahler's here." And I'd be like <laughs> in the crowd, like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's me. Yeah. So that so that that nickname kind of came accidentally. You know, and I like, I, I'm like, you watch me fight. I'm always rapping Puerto Rico. Like, I know, I love so, it. Yeah. So I always kind of like, I always wanted to have like a, like a Spanish nickname to kind of mm-hmm. go with it. And I was just kind of like thinking, like, what could work? And it was actually Sweetbread. He saw a video of me dancing with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and the song was Suave Mente. Nice. And so he called me Richie Suave. And I was like, that's perfect. Let's keep that. So then Sweetbread gave me Suave and I just ran with it and it's on my shorts. It's on my t-shirts now. So I'm running with it. How long ago was this? This was like last year, like 2019. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is pretty recent. So you haven't been, you haven't been able to use it? <laughs> yeah, not. I did in January. When I fought in January, I made sure I told the comments. I was like, look, I changed my nickname. This right. is what it is now. So you yeah. got to use it. Yeah, yeah. And he was actually kind of mad at me because he loved 
saying Milford Mahler. It does sound good. I'm not going to lie. But mm suave santiago i love it i, I like it, it too dude so much better yeah it goes well with like your representation for puerto rico right and i like the story it was by elvis crespo yeah exactly puerto Rican. there you go Mer- merengue no no that's um salsa yeah salsa merengue yeah same type of thing well different but you know what i mean yeah that's that nickname um how it came to be the milford Mala reminds me of spider-man with toby Maguire. yeah 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 when he's coming out to fight um mm. the and then Bruce Campbell buzz offs it up. Yeah, he's like the human spider. It's supposed to be Spider Man. He's, he's like, Go like, out, get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like to think happened Wait, with your name. Yeah, yeah. He called him he's like the human spider and he was like, That's lame, kid. It's the best you could come up with. And he yeah. Spider Man. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh my god. Yeah. He actually made a better one for him. Yeah, exactly. So you didn't have a nickname. I didn't have a nickname now for the longest time. I didn't oh, really know okay. what to go with, so and well i always feel like someone has to give you a nickname you can't just like i know on your own i know so like when sweetbread gave me suave i just like finally someone gave me a nickname <laughs> no as long as it's not me i'll yeah. take anything at right. this point yeah um i like sweetbreads too well, see you don't even call iconic them. yeah i know i call them bread like everyone, cool look at that a like everyone for calls a nickname. them bread yeah. <laughs> we shortened the nickname yeah seriously. crazy so sweet <laughs> sweet bro. sweet bro. i mean it's yeah see it's so iconic no one even calls him by his actual name no exactly i'm gonna call you suave <laughs> get that going okay get it going. i will i will right, cool, cool i'm gonna put that in the uh title <laughs> yes so people recognize it's gonna be a thing so they they actually announced the other guy mm-hmm. as the mauler too like whatever yeah, his name was his nickname was the magic city mauler the Magic City Mauler, and then when you came out, the they Milford like, Mauler, so like, Mahler. just a bunch of Maulers. Yeah, just two Maulers going okay. at each other. It was wild. So yeah, yeah. Can you uh, explain or take me through your MMA journey and how that all started out? Wow, we got to go way back, please. Because I've been doing this pretty much my whole life. I've kind of like always. So I started. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's start at the beginning. So I, when I was like eight or nine, I started doing karate. I did Kempo. I was okay. a green belt. And um, What so, school? Um, It was in Milford. It was like the Milford Studio of Kempo. It was Kempo Karate, like Hawaiian Kempo style. And mm-hmm. um, so it was like Milford Studio of Kempo Karate or something like that. Yeah. And I was there for a few years. My cousin went there, and he kind of got me into it. And... um. Like, I grew up with, like, you know, watching Dragon Ball Z and stuff, so I always wanted to fight, obviously. And then I was yeah. a huge pro wrestling fan. So Me too? I obvi- yeah, cool. huge, huge. Oh, we're so, going to talk about that. Uh, absolutely. But so I was a huge pro wrestling fan, so I wanted to wrestle so bad, like, like actual uh-huh. wrestling. So I think when I was... I was in fifth grade. I don't know how old you are in fifth grade, but I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. They started up like we didn't have like a wrestling program per se, but the high school in Milford kind of started like a kind of like a beginner's program for middle school kids. Yeah. And so it was the same coach. And so I went in, I signed up and like, it was just kind of like twice a week we would just show up and wrestle mm-hmm. and like, we didn't like go to tournaments or like we didn't really compete or anything, but like, I was learning the basics. I was learning everything and I loved it. Like it was, I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. So I kept kind of, I was doing karate and wrestling. I was kind of doing both. 
And then um, I think when I was in eighth grade, I kind of like, I kind of got like disillusioned with karate because I started to see like in wrestling, like I started to see like some really tough people. And like in karate, mm. you kind of have this, people kind of have this like warped view of how tough they are. And I agree. The thing was, is no offense, but my cousin, I, he was like one of the black belts and he was like one of the top guys there. And I was like, I know my cousin, he's not a tough guy. So if they think he's tough, wow. then, wow. I mean, not to be mean or anything, no, I, but I get it. If they think he's like super tough, like I might be in the wrong place. So I kind of like got, and you were like below. I was, I was a green belt. I was like, you know, like in, in Kempo, it went like white, yellow, orange, blue, purple, green, brown. So I was about oh, to be were, a brown belt. Okay. Well, that just tells you. I mean, I was about yeah. to be a brown belt and I was 13 years old. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I know. Very true. You know what Sounds I mean? So, sketchy. yeah. And then they had like 15 year old black belts and stuff. Oh, like come that. on. That's what I mean. So it's kind of like, all right. So I kind of realized this is kind of lame. So I kind of got out of it. I mean, no offense. Like it was cool. No, like I, I learned a lot. It was, I learned a lot of like, you know, discipline and just kind of, you know, just general fitness. I was in good shape. Yeah. Um, but then after that, like I was just full on with wrestling. And so going into high school, all I cared about was wrestling. Mm. And so my coach in high school was the same coach that started me in fifth grade. So oh. I, I already had like a great relationship with him. How'd that happen? Um, well, like I said, like he, he was the high school coach, but he started like a middle school thing to yep. get people started so that when people came into their freshman years, they kind of would have an idea of what they're doing. Um, so he started that and then, excuse me, but he was like a legit division one wrestler. He wrestled at Appalachian state. Um, so he was legit. Wow. So I would, um, I, I just remember like going into freshman year, just being so hyped to wrestle and then so i pretty much wrestled my first season that year and then i went with my friend and there was a wrestling club in franklin mass which is like two towns up from me mm -hmm. and so i was able to join the wrestling club and i pretty much wrestled year round for four years and um yeah so that was pretty much my life and then so then back up a little mm -hmm. the first time i did jujitsu was yeah, like I like I said, I was I was a I was a pro wrestling fan, but I was also a big UFC fan all throughout this and boxing too. A what fan? UFC. Oh, UFC. Yeah, I was a big UFC fan, big boxing fan. So I, it was always kind of in the back of my head that I was going to end up fighting. What about when you were becoming a, a boxing fan and UFC fan? Who yeah. were the people that were that I watched back at then? The time, yeah. So when I first started watching, the first pay per view me and my dad watched was when. Uh, Matt Hughes beat the crap out of Hoist Gracie, which was like oh, wow. UFC 68, I want to say. So mm. that was the first like pay-per-view that like me and my dad bought and like watched. Wow. But besides that, I had already seen like all the, um, you know, the, U the ultimate knockout DVDs. Remember yeah. Those? Me and my dad I would go one. and we would rent them at Blockbuster and we would watch, oh, wow. we would watch the ultimate knockout. So I was so into it. Um, but that was the first time where I watched the event. And then like from then on, I just yeah. kept following it. Yep. So like, yeah, like back then it was like Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz, like those type okay. of guys were my freaking heroes. Can I swear? Yeah. No. 
Definitely do. Okay, cool. Those guys were my fucking heroes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so those guys were my heroes. And then growing up, obviously, I'm Puerto Rican. So Tito Trinidad was the man back like when I was little. Yep. And then um, Miguel Cotto kind of took over from there. So I Who was did? always a big Miguel Cotto. So Cotto, I was a big fan of Cotto. I was a big fan of Trinidad. Um, as far as representing Puerto Rico? Yeah, for like boxing. I mean, like oh, watching boxing. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So obviously like Puerto Rico has a huge long line of boxers. So mm. I had to get into it as a Puerto Rican kid. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then... So, okay, so when I first did jujitsu was there was a teacher in my school that was like a legit purple belt in BJJ. Yeah. And he had like this self-defense program that he would do at the high school. Mm -hmm. And so me and my friends used to go up to the wrestling room after school and like train and like work out. And he would kind of like kick us out and do his self-defense program. And we would kind of mm -hmm. watch and it was just kind of like basic stuff. Like we were kind of like, Ugh, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then he would like stick around. He'd be like, hey, you guys want to roll? And like, that was the first time I ever heard the term roll. And I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, you know, like, and I was like, like, like wrestle. Like, and he was like, yeah, but it's like, you know, grappling. Like we do submissions and stuff. Like I can show you guys some stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, tch, this history teacher is going to teach me some stuff. And I'm like, all right. So Here then we go. classic moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he kind of taught me. He kind of taught me like the different concepts because in wrestling, it's so much different because like in wrestling, you can never be on your back or else yeah. you lose, you get pinned. Yep. And he's saying like, oh, like I can go on my back and be winning. And I'm like, that sounds ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> I know it goes against everything you've learned. Right. So then he kind of like taught me the basics of what it was. And I was like, okay, this is cool. So I kind of had that. That was kind of my first exposure to BJJ. And, um, yeah, so then he, a friend of mine, Brett Morris, right? He was three years older than me. So when I was mm -hmm. a freshman, he was a senior. Okay. Um, he was on the wrestling team with me. But he was the only guy I knew who was a legit MMA fighter. Like, I remember watching him on Facebook and seeing him in the cage, and I thought that that was the coolest thing in the world. He was the only guy I knew that actually did it. Yeah. And um, so he hit me up out of the blue one day and was like, Hey, I'm going to be doing like some MMA lessons at, um, at this gym. It was like a karate place, but he was like, Oh yeah, he's just going to give me the space to do some MMA stuff. So I was like, cool. So I went down there and then again, we rolled, didn't know what rolling was, but we went to roll. This is went the in. second time. This is the second time ever. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, yo, I'm going to teach you guys some stuff and then we're just going to roll. And I was like, cool. So we went, he taught me how to shrimp. First time I ever learned how to shrimp. And he mm. taught me like, um, like a arm bar from the mount or something. And then you don't shrimp in wrestling. No. Okay. Yeah, or at least we don't call it that. Um, yeah. but yeah, so he taught me how to shrimp and then he taught me how to do an arm bar. And then we roll, I rolled with some of his guys and I would just like wrestle the shit out of them. And then they would mm. choke me out. And I'm just like, dude, what is going on? Yeah. I'm like, dude, these are not like tough people. Like what's going on here? <laughs> and so like my friend Brett, who he was like, he was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's a different world. So I kind of was like, dude, I need to learn this. Like this Seriously. is what I need to learn. This is kind of like what you thought in the beginning with Kempo yep. and wrestling. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of like, feeling. oh man, this is the real shit. But you definitely always knew that wrestling was right. full of tough guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and I was kind of like the reverse. Mentality. Like the reverse. Like you thought they weren't 
right. that tough. I thought it's they weird. weren't tough. And then it was like, wow, these guys, they don't look tough, but uh, they're choking me out. They're, you know, bending my arm, stuff like that. So anyways, mm. fast forward some time. So Brett's coach was George Rivera, Jorge Rivera, UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. That is. So he was from Milford. Like mm-hmm. he was kind of like our local celebrity. And so George, when after he retired in 2011, in mm-hmm. 2012, he opened his own gym in Milford. And so right away, like I hit up Brett and I was like, yo, like what's the deal with this new, you know, Rivera gym? Like what's going on? And he was like, dude, come like you're in. Like I already talked to George. So I was like, cool. So I show up and like same type of thing, like the fight team was there, like some savages mm-hmm. and like all I know is how to wrestle pretty much. I had done, like I said, I had done jujitsu a couple times Yep. and I'm just going in just wrestling with everybody and like getting choked out and stuff. Did my first striking lesson, which was, whoa, different world. Finally learned how to actually punch somebody. Kempel so, didn't teach you that? Nah, not really. Not with <laughs> boxing gloves. Not with, you know, yep. the real shit. And so like, I remember the first time I sparred, Mm-hmm. just getting beat up and i'm like dude i don't know what i'm doing and so like i would just take guys down i was like dude all i can do is shoot a double leg so that's all i relied on so that's pretty much how i started this was like 2012 and so george i, I must have been like from that point on i was pretty much I graduated high school in 2011 2012 i started mma and i was pretty much i was in that gym wow. every single day Wow. And um, just working on everything, jujitsu, boxing, Muay Thai. Yeah. And I must have been like four or five months in. So I started that summer, 2012. And then I want to say around November, mm-hmm. I go to George. George comes to me actually and goes, yo, you're going to fight, right? And I'm like, I mean, of course I want to fight. And he's yeah. like, all right, we'll get you a fight. And I'm like, oh, like, really? Oh, like, really? You're actually going to give me a fight. And he was like, oh, I got you. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, well, I don't know, George. I just kind of started. I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't really know how to strike yet. He's like, dude, you know how to wrestle. You'll be fine. <laughs> and so he's like, dude, you're good. And so I'm like, all wow. right, if George thinks I'm good to go, I'm good to go. Oh, wow. So he signs me up. So it was AFO, which was, I don't know if you know any of the old school Mm-mm. regionals, but AFO was Is pretty, it still around? Nope. It was pretty notorious for not paying anybody oh. and being super sketchy. Um, you can ask anybody about this. You can ask Pete about this. AFO was super sketchy, but has he fought or coached at AFO? Who Pete? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Coached. I don't think he's fought. He's definitely coached. Okay. He's definitely been there. I know. Yeah. Perfect. Where was um, this event held? Um, they used to go all over, but this was this one in particular was at it was in Boxborough, Mass, at the Holiday Inn, and um, super sketchy. They must have gotten me 10 different opponents that they kept telling me or they kept telling George. So like, mm-hmm. it was like, you're fighting this guy. And then tomorrow it's like, wait, no, we're going to actually put you with this guy. And they kept like, George was just like, Richie, just train. Don't you worry about it. You'll be fine. <laughs> this is how George talks about that. I know. I do a good, I do I a can, good George The way impression. he looks is the, the way you like That's make him talk is like, I feel this, like this hey, is exactly what he That's exactly what he talks. I know George really I've well. That's how he talks. So George would be That's like, awesome. he'd be like, listen. Just train and just show up. You'll be fine. And I was like, All by right. the way, you have a, a nice, like, deep 
podcast voice. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> nice. Keep doing it. <laughs> but yeah, so then, so he gets me my first fight, February 28th, 2013. I'll never forget it. Wow. Coming and, up on um, set, eight years? Coming up on eight yeah, years? Yeah. Coming up on eight years, 2013. And um, so yeah, so wow. we go, we show up to the freaking Holiday Inn. Um, so I go to weigh-ins, go to weigh-ins. And he's like, oh, your guy's not here. Um, but just, he's like, don't go anywhere. Like, we're going to try to figure this out. We're going to try to get this kid here. How did you feel about that? Um, especially knowing that um, you already got like a bunch of different opponents. Like, <laughs> was, spe- well, you're actually there. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to be facing this guy. I'm supposed well, to be seeing him face right. to face. I was pissed because I was like, yo, like I cut weight. Like I was ready to make weight. And um, yeah. Do you think it also it was easy for you to cut weight when you were doing um, back then it was yeah oh and you were doing amateur was this an amateur fight it was an amateur fight yeah okay oh, yeah yeah and then so it was my first it well the fight was at like one thirty five which back yeah. then I was walking around like one forty I was small back oh then. wow yeah so I could have made twenty five no problem but they told me to make thirty five so I was like all right whatever and then so I weighed in on like one thirty three and then um. So we're just like sitting around and the guy's just like, dude, like I'm going to figure this out. And I'm like, all right. So like, I'm thinking like I'm not fighting. And then, um, there was another kid named Josh Santana. I don't know if you know him. He actually trains with master William and, um, mm. master William. That cor- sounds familiar. I probably said yes. Master William cornered against me in my first fight. Just no fun fact right there. So, um, Does he know he probably knows he probably remembers. Um, but, um, so, Josh Santana showed up. His guy didn't show up and we were both supposed to fight at 35. So they just go like, Hey, you guys just want to fight each other. And like, I look at Josh and I look and I'm like, I don't care. I'm good. And then master William was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I call up George and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, they got me a new opponent. Um, his name's, um, Josh Santana. Like they said, he has like one fight. I was like, should I take it? And he was like, Reggie, what do you think? Did he look good? Did he look tough? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I think I can beat him. And he was like, all right, take it, take it. Definitely take it. I'm like, all right. So I took the fight right then and there at weigh-ins. So I get matched up at weigh-ins. And then, um, yeah, so we go into the fight. And so it was at a hotel. So our our locker rooms, Mm -hmm. he rented out three little hotel rooms. And there was like, Mm. there was like 20 fights that night. So there was like, a hundred people stuffed in these tiny little rooms. Oh, okay. Dude, it was awful. And so like, we're sitting there and I'm like, we're like on top of each other. And I'm just like, dude, I'm the second fight. Like I got to get warmed up. So like George comes in, I'll never forget. He Wait, comes this in. is on fight night. This is fight night. Yeah. So George comes what? in. So George walks in and there's like a table with like bananas and stuff. Like, you know yeah. how like they kind of like put out the water and mm-hmm. stuff. And he goes and he pushes everything and he sits up on top of it, crisscross applesauce. And he's just on his phone like this, just hanging out. And I go to George, I'm like, yo, George, should we get warmed up? Like I'm fighting soon. I'm the second fight. He was like, relax. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) My first fight. I like, I had no idea what to expect. So I'm just like, I'm like stressing because I don't even know. And so he was like, all right, let's get warmed up. So then he pulls out the pads and I just start cracking the pads because I'm so nervous. And he looks at me, he takes the pads off. He goes, breathe, relax. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, oh God, okay. I'm so nervous. Wow. And then he, um, we went on the ground and he was just like, we just like rolled for a little bit. And he's like, are right, you good? 
And I was like, okay. So then like, I'm just like going off of what George says. Cause I don't know yeah. what I'm doing at this point. And then, yeah. So then the seeing him so calm help you. Yeah. 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 I think it did because it, I mean, I think at the time I was stressing hard. Mm-hmm. So like to kind of see him like kind of tell me like, yo, chill out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, oh, okay. If he's chill, I got to be chill. <laughs> Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. cause like I, he was my coach obviously, but I also like looked up to him so much and, um, yeah, so we went out and like literally didn't know how to strike, just shot like 40 takedowns. I must've taken yeah. this kid down like 40 times Whoa! and, um, he just kept getting back up and I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to throw a punch. So I'm just going to keep shooting my double leg and we'll see what happens. So I just kept taking him down, kept taking him down. He kept getting up. He kept beating me up. And, um, I was gassed. I just remember in the third round being in the corner and like George is yelling in my face and I had no idea what he was saying. And I was just thinking like, I've never been this tired in my life. And I was exhausted. Not even in wrestling. (laughs) No, no way. So I, um, so anyway, so I finished the fight. We went the distance. I lost by decision. And then from then on, it was like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. (laughs) So that's the story of my first fight. Yeah. I lost my first three fights. What in the world? Wait, you took him like 40 times. You took him down 40 times. I know, but I he kept getting would... up and he out, He really outstruck Oh, you me. never kept him down. I couldn't keep him down. I didn't really know how to like finish a chokes or anything. Yeah. So like I kind of just took him down, didn't really know what to do. And then he would get back up and then I'd be like, oh, fuck. And then I would like shoot in again. So yeah. that's kind of how that fight went. It's on YouTube somewhere. Oh, I so. want to see it now. Yeah, you have to pull it up. But that's exactly what yeah, it sounds like that's for how a wrestler to go into fighting. Dude, literally didn't even know how to throw a punch. You, did you throw a punch in when you were standing up? I think I threw one, but it didn't land. But I, it was funny because I, this is how, this is also the origin of how I became a Southpaw because I'm right-handed. So I came out Orthodox and I learned Orthodox. Mm-hmm. So I came out Orthodox, but in wrestling, you shoot with your right hand forward. Yep. So I would come out Orthodox and like, throw a terrible punch and then I would switch my stance and then shoot a double leg. So like between rounds in the second round, um, one of my, not George, but my other coach, Matt Finney, he goes, he goes, you keep shooting on your right leg. So what I want you to do is come out Southpaw next round and just shoot. And I'm like, Oh, "Oh, that makes sense. So I've been a Southpaw ever since. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So that is why that's why I'm a right-handed Southpaw. Oh yeah. So awkward. Does it feel awkward, awkward now? No, now it's like, I mean, now I'm so used to it. It's been years. Yeah. You know, but before it was like, I was boxing with my left forward and mm-hmm. then shooting on my right side. So it kind of like just streamlined everything. Did the guy see it coming when you kept switching? Yeah. 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 And I think that's why like they told me like, look, you gotta, you gotta hide it. <laughs> so I was there. Yeah. So I came out Southpaw. Now I'm a Southpaw forever. Yay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the story of my first I like you fight. as a Southpaw. Yeah, I love it. Throws everybody off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's the origin of my first fight. And then uh, eight years later, here we are. Dude, you lost your first three. What first was your three. amateur record? Five and four. What was it feeling? What, what was the feeling like to lose the first three? Dude, so, oh my God. So the first fight I lost. Oh, which by the way, uh-huh. with the first fight. Yep. How was George? Was he... George, yeah. who, he was happy. He was proud. Yeah. He was pumped. He was like, because I kind of like got beat up in that fight. Yeah. And like, he just like kind of saw like there was no quit in me. And like, 
he saw the toughness. You know what I'm saying? Like he he was like, okay, here's a guy who barely knows what he's doing, but he's competing with a tough fighter. Like right. he's like I got by with my toughness in that fight. Yeah. And so he was like, dude, once you learn the skills, you're gonna be fucking good at this. So he like kept me going. He knew I was gonna be good. Um, but like so I lose that one. We go on my next fight a few months later, we drive all the way to fucking Western Mass in Chicopee. And I fight this kid, Nick Mansonone, and he was I was 0 and 1, he was 0 and 2. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna smoke this kid. And um so then we go in, friggin', I throw a punch, he throws a punch, I tripped, and then he, I got on top of him, I shot a double, took him down, got on top of him, started wailing on his face, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna ground and pound this kid, get the TKO, and then he friggin' puts me in an oh, arm bar and hyperextends the shit out of my arm, and I'm like, holy oh, shit. I hate that. I, yeah, they had to pull me in a sling, it hurt so bad. Like, it hurt for like the next three days, and I was like, fuck, like, I should have beat the shit out of this kid but he caught me with an arm bar like that one was frustrating yeah and then my third fight open guard yeah pretty much right against the cage too it actually made the next poster they the, the poster was him arm barring me and me screaming of course. they made a poster out of that and i was like oh cool nice um but then so then my third fight which was my first fight for cage titans i um i fought this kid este laura who was a good wrestler. He was mm -hmm. kind of like me, good wrestler, but not a lot of anything else. But I think at this point I had enough striking. So I beat the shit out of this kid for the first two rounds. And, um, but my cardio sucked. So I beat this kid up for two rounds. And the second round, I, I ended up getting on top of him mm -hmm. and like I mounted him, ground and pounded him, beat the shit out of him. So in the third round, I'm gassed. Like I thought I was going to finish him and I didn't. Yeah. So the third round, I'm gassed. And George couldn't make that fight, so Finney was in my corner. And so Matt Finney looks at me. He goes, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna win this fight on the ground. So I want you to go out, take him down, and get on top of him." Mm. And I'm gassed, so I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta go for another takedown." So I go in, shoot the takedown. He stuffs me, gets on top of me, takes my back, and fucking chokes me damn, out. Damn! And I'm like, "Dude, what am I doing wrong?" I was like, "Dude, I beat this kid up for fucking." Two, two whole rounds, I beat the shit out of this kid, and then he fucking caught my back. So that one was really, like, soul-crushing because it was like, wow. Like, mm. all right, maybe this isn't maybe this isn't for me. Like, maybe I should just move on, like, you wow. know, take some time off. So I literally was, like, contemplating, like, maybe I shouldn't even bother. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I was kind of, like, I was kind of at, like, this weird point where I was like, I don't even know if I want to keep doing this. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. then... Two days later, George comes to me. He's like, yo, I got you a fight. And I'm like, two days? Like that week. Yeah. Like he's literally like, yo, I got, you, I got you another fight. And I'm like, George, I literally like, I'm <laughs> contemplating retiring here. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you got me another fight? And he's like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm serious. Like, I don't know like if we should even do this. And he's just like, dude, no. And like, it was kind of a turning point for me because he literally like told me, he was like, dude, like you've been making stupid mistakes in your fights and that's what costs you your fights. But I've never seen you out of a fight. And he was like, wow. dude, he was like, dude, you're a fighter. Like he literally looked at me and was like, dude, you're a fighter. I believe in you. Like you're going to win this fight. Wow. And like, I was just kind of, all right. So I just went right back to training. And then I ended up, I, the kid I fought, I ended up, I TKO'd him in the first like minute. Yes. Like, and there's 
Hold on, let me show you. You've probably seen it, but wow, there's a that picture must have of been me. like finally. There's a picture of me. You came along. That the sound of it, you came a long way. Absolutely. From the first to your fourth. But so Kelly McDonald, shout out to Kelly McDonald. She took a picture of me mm. after my first win. That one right there. Wow. That was after my first win. This right I'll put here, it up here. This is I have I have a big poster of this in in my house in That's my parents' awesome. house. And because this this picture just shows you all of like like I literally went to that fight like thinking like if I lose I'm done like this is it oh of course I, I can't be I mean, 0 4 like that's not okay so I literally was just like fuck it like I'm just gonna go and do whatever whatever happens happens mm-hmm. like, if I but like I'm literally thinking in the back of my head if I lose this fight it's over so like that when that picture captures perfectly like the passion mm-hmm. and everything of like a guy like I really had my back against the wall mm-hmm. like I had to win that fight. Like that fight kind of changed my life. Yeah. And then, but then for you, it's kind of like the legendary pictures that people take like right. of Ali. Like, yes, there's like a that's lot. That's my of, picture. A picture says a thousand words. Right. That's everything that you that's just all the me. emotions are in that picture and my face there. That is awesome. But it was like, but it says it all. What's even crazier is my next fight. I ended up losing again. Damn it. So <laughs> it was like I had all this like so this big moment. And then like I fought this kid, one of Matt Bassett's kids from Connecticut. And like mm. we had a good fight. Like it was close. And but then he caught me in a guillotine. And that one was so frustrating because it was like, dude, like I feel great. Like everything feels perfect. Mm-hmm. And I just like kind of gave it up. Like it just kind of oh. happened. But after that, that was kind of like the end. I never lost again after that. Well, until I was pro. But he, yeah. after that, I went back to Cage Titans, beat this one kid first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I fought another guy for Warrior Nation. I beat the snot out of Is that. Is that another guy. like Massachusetts another old one? School, yeah, yeah, that was not around anymore. Yeah. Warrior Nation, it was called. I beat the crap out of this guy for three rounds. And then um, after that, I went back to Cage Titans. And then at that point, I was three and four. And so at Cage Titans, the rule is you have to have three wins to fight for a title. And mm. so there was a kid named Razzle Dazzle who was like kind of like the guy, like he was kind of like coming up, like he was mm-hmm. the man, like everybody was talking everybody about was him. eyes on him. Right, like he prospect. was going to be the next big prospect. And I watched his fight. We fought the same night and I watched his fight and I'm like, this kid's not that good. And I was like, I can beat this kid. I know I can. Nobody thought I could beat this kid. And so I just remember like I won my fight. He won his fight. And this right away, I was calling him out right away. And I was like, yo, like me and him are going to fight. We're going to fight. for this. So I went to Mike. I was like, yo, me and him, let's fight for the title. Mm. And then he was like, yeah, good. We're in. So they were in because they thought I sucked. So they were like, oh, of course, we'll take that fight. So they take the fight with me. And then literally online, everybody's like, oh, just give him the title. Like, that's not even a fight. Like, everybody counted me out, like, immediately. Wow. Like, everyone thought I sucked at this point. I'm three and four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he must have been, like, five and two or something like that. So then we literally, the whole camp, it was just, like, every nobody thought I was going to win this fight, except for my team. Like, we knew. Like, we knew what was going to happen. Right. And I just remember, like thinking like, I can't let this kid beat me because everybody expects him to beat me. And um, we go into the title fight. That was the first time I walked out with my flag. And um, 
we went out and I literally smoked him in the first minute. Like I took his back and choked him out. And like that winning, like putting that belt on me, like getting that belt put on me. And like after everything I had already been through to win the title and to beat that kid who everyone said I wasn't going to beat, that was the most satisfying win in my life. Really? Wow. Is it on on YouTube? Oh yeah. Uh, I think so. But it was like... Wow. That was a big one. Dude, you know, uh, this is why I do the fight experience. And I don't mean to cut you off, but just watching the fights and merely just watching and and like it has no emotions to it. It's just another fight in the, in the archive of the, uh, cage Titans YouTube page. Right. But there needs to be, people need to understand why that fight was so important. And this is why you're here. And this is why I want to make videos for fighters. Like if, if, If in case that you have a really emotional fight that brings you to the UFC, like I want to be there so people already know like mm-hmm. how the, important that fight was for you. Like imagine yeah. someone followed you around all those months. I and, know. They would see like, like what I went through. And then you could look back on it and be like, wow. <laughs> oh, that's an ugly wake. Oh, look at that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like but that one was, that was a big man. one. They put that belt around me. I was like, oh my God. And then, so then I like next card. I defended my belt against... And you defended. Yeah, so I defended wow. it against a guy named Nate Russell who was undefeated. And um, he was like... Um, he was a champ in another organization. So, like, it was like number one versus number two. And so I ended up... I beat him. Same thing. Smoked him in the first round. Choked him out. And then after that, I was like, oh, you okay. got good at chokes after that. I got very good at chokes. After that. I think I had, like, eight straight rear nakeds after that. And because um, it was James Palmer, Razzle... Nate Russell, and then I think my next five pro fights were all rear nakeds. So it was pretty crazy. How did you put that together? <sighs> no idea. <laughs> Honestly, it's not even like, I don't even consider it like my thing because yeah. like it just happens. Like, I don't know how yeah. to explain it to people. I mean, yeah, like I do, a, I have my ways of doing it that I think not everyone does. Like, but when I do it, it's not like the type of thing that I can practice in the gym because when I do it, like I'll, I'll like rip your face out. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm not like, I wouldn't do that rolling with people because right, it's right. rude. Like you don't just right. like pull someone's face across face you know or something. Saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it has to do with punching too. Cause a lot of times I ended up when I, when I, I don't know why, but I'm really good at mounting people. Yes, you are. So I'll like most of my, if you watch any of my fights, it goes like this. I get them to the ground. I mount them. Once I get to mount, I'll just start unloading they always give me their back. And when I take their back, that's when it's like punch, punch, pull their face, get my arm underneath, stretch them out. And then I check them out. So it's like, like, I don't consider it like anything crazy, but it's like, I do, I have like a formula that gets me there. Yeah. And it's kind of, it just always works. I don't know why, but it just, it's just kind of my thing. It's your thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of funny. So yeah. So then. Where was I? So, so I go pro in 2016. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You said, uh, one time in the gym, you were like, Oh, um, how I spar or how I do things at the gym is not how I fight. What did you mean by that? Um, because I feel like I'm very in the gym. It's like, I can be a lot more creative and just kind of do more things. Whereas when I'm in the fight, it's everything kind of gets boiled down to like a couple things. 
Mm. Like I'm only going to do a few things. Like I'm going to throw a left hook or a left cross and a right hook. I'll throw a leg kick. And then when I get to the ground, same thing, you know, I'm looking for the mount, I'm looking for the back. But when I'm in the gym, like I'll throw spinning back kicks and I'll, you know, throw Mm. kind of different things. Like it's just a different mentality, I guess, because when I'm in the fight, it feels like, okay, I need to be on my A game. I can't mess around. I need to, right. you know what I'm saying? So I had to like kind of stick to what I know. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the gym, I can be super experimental and just yep. kind of throw whatever I want and, you know, mess around even. Um, so it's just, it's just a different mentality. Yeah, you know? no, I get you. And plus like in the fight, obviously I'm like way more like you got to turn on that killer instinct switch. Like right. I'm not just like throwing a punch to hit you. Like I want this to knock you out. You know what I'm right. saying? No, like yeah. I'm not going to do that in the gym. Mm-hmm. So, respect. And how different, different is um, amateur from pro from amateur or amateur from pro? Way different. And for someone like me, it's way better because freaking elbows, man, are such a game changer. Wow. Because, like, like we said, like I'm known for being someone who's good on top and is able to finish people on top. Mm-hmm. When you throw elbows in the mix, Dude, it's 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 kind of scary. The first time you elbow someone, like full off elbow someone in the head, it's like, whoa, I'm allowed to do that. Holy shit! Wow. Like I almost, I remember I elbowed Billy Giovanella in the like right, like in the side of the head. Yeah, and he's like he's kind of a friend of mine. Like we're cool. Yeah, I yeah. I trained with him before. Like he was super cool going yeah. into that fight, and I dropped an elbow right on his head, and I was like, Ooh. like I kind of felt <laughs> bad. It's like holy shit, like. But yeah, when you throw elbows in the mix, it's way different. That and kneeing the face. Like I've always, I've always had this like natural inclination to like grab your head and want to knee you in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, and you just can't do that in amateurs. So like, I remember my first pro fight, like, off of instinct. Like I literally just grabbed his head and went for the knee to the face. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had that instinct to do that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you do more knees than anybody else I spar with. Yeah, Even I'll throw if it's a lot just of to the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I always try to throw the body, and obviously inspiring. But yeah, always. Yeah, mm. the knees and the elbows—it's a big, big game changer. And the five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes is a long time. So, Very what do you do time. in order to keep alive, so to speak? What do you mean, like my cardio? Yeah. Um, stairs. Stairs are a big thing. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm doing stairs. How, how often do stairs. you? Uh, if I'm getting ready for a fight, I try to do. I go to Harvard Stadium. Oh, okay. And they're like, you probably live close by. Uh, yeah, I'm close. I'm not too too far from Boston, so I go to Harvard Stadium, and um, the stairs there are like, I've, I've been there once. They're more like seats, right? They're not like, yeah, they're, they're like not. double. So it's like, so okay. we sprint up hard, like double steps, and then we'll go down, and we'll just go up and down. We'll do the whole stadium. Okay. And I try to do that once a once a week when I'm getting ready for a fight. Oh, gotcha. And that like, like it sucks. It brings your wind like way up. Mm. Like you notice the difference. Like I'll do I'll do stairs like on on a Sunday, and then I'll go into sparring on Wednesday and be like, wow, I my my cardio already feels better. Mm-hmm. You know, say like it's mm-hmm. a game changer. Wow, so it's definitely necessary. Okay. Um, I I don't mean to keep jumping. No, but I, I do want to get that you say so much good stuff. It sucks that I, <laughs> I got stories, it, man. I, I hate that I keep it under. Um, I already know I'm going to have you back. Like, oh, dude, we'll do a part two. Yeah. Um, but um, skipping on ahead. Yep. Um, a couple of years later, 
you end up competing at um, Contender Series, Dana okay. White's Contender Series. Yep. Um, tell me about that, because um, especially I just saw um, Miles fight. Yeah, he just um, fought last night. Yeah. So, um, and I always think like that could have been Richie. Yeah, that could have been Suave. And, and every time he fights, I'm always in his highlight package. <laughs> oh, Did you see that? No. Yeah, they always put me. I in didn't see the highlight he, package. He landed a lot of big friggin' punches on me, so they yeah. always show me when he fights. Yeah. Okay. So, show me getting beat up. <laughs> so you came so far. Yeah. Um, just oh. by hearing that. So tell me about what went on there. So, so I was seven and one. Um. This was 2019, probably around February, March, March, probably March, April. Mm. So I wanted to, so I've always fought for CES. I've been, I signed with CES when I turned pro and I've pretty much been with them ever since. Okay. Um, so I was trying to get a fight that April. Um, and they kind of like went through some names, nothing really, you know, nothing really stuck. Mm. And so my manager, Mike Polver, who runs Cage Titans is also my manager. So he has a direct connection to Sean Shelby. So he, um, oh okay. So we started talking, and he was like, he was like, dude, they're they're trying to fill up on contenders this year again, like because contenders is usually in the summer. Hmm. And I was like, dude, put me in, like, see what happens. So he pitches me to Sean Shelby. I'm trying to get. I ended up signing a fight with CES, and um, before they even announced it, Mike texts me one day. And he texts me, um, Miles Johns, Miles Johns, eight and 135, you know, five and five or whatever they pay. It's like five grand and five grand. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, what does that mean? He was like, contenders, June 25th. And I'm like, wait, we're in? He's like, dude, he was like, he was like, I told you I'd make it happen. Whoa. And I'm like, whoa. Like this is really happening. This and is he, like uh, your first he, fight in the amateur. Yeah, whoa. it's like whoa. So then he's like, he's like, okay, we got to go to Vegas next week. Like you got to take off time from work because you had to go like a couple months beforehand. We had to go in and like do all the media stuff. Like they take okay. pictures of us. They do interviews with the gloves and everything. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we got to go to Vegas next week. Oh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I go in, go into work. Tell them wow. like, hey, I need to take off uh like these three days. I'm gonna be in Vegas. And what do you do for work? Uh I work at a ice machine and refrigeration company. I work in a warehouse. And they were fine with you taking a week off. <laughs> yeah, I had the I had the vacation time. So I was okay. like, all right, I'm taking these three days off. So I took those three days off. We go to Vegas and we go to the PI, the UFC headquarters, and um, you know, we do like interviews, we mm. do pictures. Um, and then like the video package and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, super cool. Then it's pretty much like you go back home and it's like, okay, now we're in fight camp because we got like six weeks. So mm. six weeks. Typically um, for a pro, how long is fight camp? How many weeks? It depends because you never know when you're going to get a fight, but mm. ideally you want at least six weeks. Okay. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way, especially now the way things are. You end mm-hmm. up taking a fight on two days' notice, mm-hmm. weeks' notice. But ideally, you want six weeks. So they gave us six weeks, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And just the whole time, you know, and this was so to back up a little bit. So I had, so I originally trained with George, so at Rivera's. Um, 
And then George moved to Florida. So we kind of like everyone who was there, we kind of like went and we started our own gym called BST. And um, so we were there. Okay. And so we were there for a few years. um, And then I ended up leaving there. Mm -hmm. um, And I had already started training at Triforce, like cross training. I was already pretty much on the fight team, Mm -hmm. like Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And um, so I ended up like, I pretty much just decided like, I'm just going to leave BST and just go full on with Triforce because I just felt like it was more fighters more bodies you know just a better environment for me okay overall and i love coach pete so i was like all right this is so i went to pete and i was like look like i'm all in like i want to be just triforce from now on awesome so he was like all right cool like so pete like took me in like like you know what i mean like i had been there for years which i kind of already had been like we already i already had a good relationship Mm -hmm. with him um so literally i go to pete and i'm like hey like contenders like we're going to Vegas. Like our first camp together is contender series. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like we didn't get, so we didn't have much time to get to know each other. It was like, all right, we got to go <laughs> hard. Like we got to go. Yeah. So six weeks of just, you know, getting beat up by John Duma and, um, you know, training at Triforce. And then, so we go down there. Um, we go down there on a Saturday. I fight on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I was super light because I still feel like 25 is my real weight class. 35 is kind of easy for me to weight make. So I make weight easy mm-hmm. and there was no face-offs. So I didn't even know what Miles looked like pretty much. And so we go, we fight the back room. So going into the fight, um, as you walk in, like, you know how, like when you watch on TV, they show like the pre-fight package and then the fighters come out. Mm-hmm. So we're literally explaining the little story. Or yeah. Yeah. Like the backstories and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we're literally in the back and there's a TV right here. They have me in front of the TV and I'm just seeing like myself, like tell my life story. And like, they're like showing all these pictures of like me in the gym and stuff and like my family and stuff. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, this is weird. And so, like, I'm trying to get in the zone of, like, I need to fight. <laughs> and I'm, like, watching this. Yeah. And, and this is the first time I'm seeing it. So that kind of threw me off. But <laughs> so we go yeah. in. And this is before no crowd was a thing. So, like, there's no crowd of contenders. So we walk in. Yeah. It's dead silent. Nobody there. And then, yeah, so we fought. And Miles was super tough and he beat the shit out of me. And in the mm. third round, 20, 20 seconds into the third round, he caught me with a knee that broke my jaw. Oh, yes. I remember. <laughs> right. I remember now. So he broke my jaw with a knee. Damn. And I remember I knew it was broken too because he hit me with the knee and then like dropped me and then he got on top of me and like started landing punches. But then I like got a hold of him. I got him in my guard. And then I just remember like putting on my mouthpiece and like it like like moving around. And I was like, oh, no, he just broke my jaw. Oh, damn. And then I had to fight four minutes with a broken jaw. Wow. And I finished the fight. And it's funny because when you watch the video, I literally go to my corner and I go to Pete. And Pete gives me a hug. And he was like, oh, great job, man. It was an awesome fight. And I just like right away, I grab my face like this. And I go, dude, my fucking jaw's broken. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, he broke it a while ago. <laughs> 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 so then I lost the decision go to friggin' go to the ER and then they're like, yeah, you got to go home like now, like, and get this thing taken care of. So they sent me back to Boston. 
They wired wow. me out. I was wired shut for six weeks. I was like, Dush, I yep. can't talk. Yep. And um, yeah, worst experience of my life. Worst. And then I freaking, so that was June, got the wires out in August, and then started training like September, October. That all healed itself, like the bones? Yep. yep. And then I awesome. fought again in January. Haven't fought since. Sick. So yeah. So the whole contender thing was awesome, but it was it was a it was a roller coaster. I bet you think uh, you do. It'll be easier a second time around. Yeah, because here's the thing about going a second time is I think the first time, like when I was talking about like when Mike told me like we were in. Yeah, I like I think I never expected it to happen. So I kind of like when we were mm. there, it was almost like I was just kind of happy to be there. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I didn't feel like I really deserved it. I was just yeah. like, I'm just happy to be here. Like I'm surprised you guys even gave me a shot. Mm. But then to fight him and go three rounds with him and to, to kind of push him the way I did. Yep. And then to see like how successful he is now, it's kind of like, I well, know, didn't he finish like, um, he fucking knocked his guy out last night. Yeah. Also, didn't he finish everyone after you? Yeah. So he, he won his first fight. And then I think he lost his second fight and then oh, he won okay. last night. So he's two and one right now since we fought. So it's like, okay, like if he belongs there, then I definitely do. Dude, yeah. You know what I mean, that's I know. How that's I what feel. I think. That's kind of like my mentality now. So now it's like that's awesome. going in a second time, it would be so different. So different. Wow. So hopefully that happens. I can't wait. Eventually. Well, I just heard the Ultimate Fighters coming back and they're doing Bantam Weights. I saw. No way. I might have to go try out. Love Bantam Weights. Yeah. Put your name in? Yep. Definitely. Wow. So how did you feel you did in that fight? I thought I did well. It's hard to watch now. I hate watching my fights back. Mm. It's like weird. But I made a lot of mistakes, but a lot of it was like he would take me down and then I just like couldn't get up. You know what I mean? So I think more than anything. Why? Did he do wrestling? He was a good wrestler. Yeah. Yep. So I felt like he kind of exposed my wrestling. Whereas I fight the way I fight. Like, you know me, like I just go after people. I'm just tough. Yes. So I kind of like, I think I was the tougher guy, but he was like the more skilled guy. Does that make sense? Yep. It was almost like he could out wrestle me here and there, but like I never stopped going after him. You know, even when he took me down, you know, I was like from my back, I was throwing elbows, throwing punches and stuff. So I was always making him work, but. So I think I did well. There was a lot to improve upon, of course, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when you learn, I guess. I know. I guess so. so that's what it is. What it is. Has it really five. been fifty-five minutes? It has, dude. No way. It doesn't dude, feel like it, even right? Talk, we didn't even talk about commentating. I know, dude. Dude, I know. You know what? All right, all right. Should, me, you think I should extend the time? You want to do like an hour and a half? Yeah, let's, because I got some good commentary. Let, let's let's let, see how let me, it goes. Let, well, let, let me tell That's you the like story of the how book. I started commentating because it's okay, pretty funny. We'll, we'll go to one fifteen. How I got see how it goes. Okay, so I <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have to stop this uh, recording and restart it. Then. I just heard it. Yeah, yeah I know. did it go off? Yeah, I set it off, dude. My phone is at two percent, so it's probably gonna die, and this is just gonna continue recording. That's okay. fine. Is that fine? Yeah. Okay. Are you good? Yeah. All right. So I used to be like all f- like finicky about it like like trying to look professional yeah. and then i i seen like how joe rogan has come up with his podcast yeah i'm like it's fine <laughs> trying to be 
like like this is not here and trying to make it look the best it's right like, right you just gotta let it flow yeah people are gonna like it if if it's you then they're gonna like it (laughs) so what were you gonna mention you said so commentating yes that's actually a funny story so i so i go pro in 2016 so i had already fought for cage titans a few times four times i think Mm -hmm. and so i already had a good relationship with mike president of cage titans michael pulver who also he's also my manager and so at the time um Cage Titans videos had no commentary on them. It was just the fight, right? Mm. And I kept bugging Mike. I would like text him and be like, yo, like let me commentate because this is boring as hell. There's no commentary on these <laughs> videos. And I kept telling him that. And he was like, dude, we don't need commentary. It's just all about the fights. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, name a fight promotion that doesn't have commentators. Like it doesn't happen. The Oh, yeah. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, like right. there's point. always commentary. So I told, so I kept bugging him that I wanted to do it. And so, um, I think the first time he got on flow combat, it was in, it was, it was the night where it was a CES fight on Friday and then a cage Titans fight on Saturday in the same building. Right. Mm. And so I fought that Friday for CES and then I was going to go to the fights on Saturday at cage Titans. And so that was the first time they did. They did um, flow combat. And so I heard from someone else that they were going to have commentary and it wasn't going to be me. So I was pissed. I'm like, yo, Mike. Really? Yeah. So I tell Mike, I'm like, you like, that was your freaking idea. That's what I mean. So I'm like, yo, like I've been bugging you forever to let me commentate. And now you're not going to let me. (laughs) And he was like, oh, dude, I don't know. It's not, you know, he was kind of like whatever about it. And so the guy who was supposed to commentate, he got sick that day. And so he yes. called me up because he knew I wanted to do it. So mm-hmm. he calls me up and he's like, yo, I can't do it. Like, can you take over for me? And I'm like, say no more. I'm in. Yeah, right. I'm in. <laughs> so I call up. So Andy K, who's the other guy, he's yep. the he's the announcer now too. So Andy Kerr's. So I how, call. How did the uh, other guy pass away? Remember the. the oh, announcer? the announcer. <sighs> I didn't hear the story. Yeah. Um, Harry, Harry so Jones. Random. Harry Jones. Yeah. He was a good dude too. It was too bad. That was like kind of out of nowhere. It was really shocking yeah. to hear. Um, but so anyway, so me and Andy were really good friends at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he trained, he fought once at that point. He's fought three times now, but he fought once he trained with me and he has like a good kind of voice for that type of stuff. Mm. Like, I knew he would be good at it. Mm-hmm. So I call him up and I'm like, yo, I'm commentating. You should do it with me. Like, I think this will be a good mix. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause he's got a kind of like the Mike Goldberg voice where he can kind of like mm-hmm. make it sound official. And then like, I'm the pro fighter so I can kind of dissect things. So I knew mm-hmm. it would work. So we do it that first night, me and Andy totally freestyled it. Totally ghetto, no headphones or anything. We just had a mic we would hold it like this and we were just talking to the mic and we had no idea what we sounded like. So we would just like, we would just go for it. Damn and, man. um, like it just turned out like perfect. Like, because oh, the, nice. the thing was, is that me and Andy, like we knew everybody. So it wasn't like we had to do research, you know, even though right. we did it on a day's notice, we kind of knew all the fighters anyway. 
So we were just like, whatever, we know these people, we know what to say. Mm. So we just went, we went for it. And then funny story, we actually showed up in the same exact outfit. That was totally by accident. What? Yeah. He had like, was that on video somewhere? That's a, there's a picture somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find it. But he, yeah, we wore the same outfit that night, which looked super weird because it looked like it was totally planned, but yep. it wasn't. But yeah. So then ever since then, it was like, we had so much fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And like, it kind of like, it went over really well. Like everybody was talking about it. So we were like, cool. Like, we're just going to keep doing this. So I've been doing it ever since, since 2016, I've been compensating for Cage Titans. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I've thought about doing it with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we could, we are, it's usually always me and Andy and then a third person. I know. Right. Oh, a third person. Really? Yeah. Now we do three. So no, not random. It's usually a fighter. Yeah, we usually, like, we had Jay Perrin, we had Johnny Cupcakes, we had Peter Barrett. Like, we've had a couple different people we tried out. Mm. Kim Moy, too. Um, so, yeah, we've had a couple different guys come in and commentate. Um, there was one night where I didn't even commentate, and um, it was Andy, Chip Pollard, and Johnny Cupcakes. Mm. Yeah, so we're always, like, trying out different guys, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I If if I were to ever do it, I'd, I'd want to study... The fighters. Yeah. At least. But um, how demanding is sitting there? It's and tough. Especially if it's a long night. If there's a lot of fights, man, it takes a lot out of you. Like, mm. it's exhausting. You definitely need a lot of caffeine. Because um, the thing is, is like, you could be there all night and have mm-hmm. awesome fights mm. and everything's cool. Or you could be there and you could sit through a snoozer and it like takes all the energy out of you and you're just like ugh, yeah and then you go on to the next fight and if it's not good then you're gonna be you know you kind of lose that energy mm-hmm. but then you get like these crazy fights that like it just shoots your adrenaline through the roof and you're just you're all over it have you ever had a like a joe rogan moment where you're just like oh oh yeah plenty oh plenty that's that must be awesome plenty yeah we've had some crazy fights how good is the view from where you're uh amazing well, we're like right under them. We have yeah. a monitor too, but we don't even use it. Um, so, oh, okay. Yeah. Because when I see them explaining things in the UFC, like mm-hmm. they'll explain things that I, I can't see. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't well, know if you guys are looking in, the, in your monitor or right. you guys, are just, you can just like really see really well. Like you're yeah. right there. So. Because there's sometimes where they'll be right there, like right on top Ooh. of you. And you're just like watching it and you're like, oh, he's like reaching underneath him for something. Yeah. You know I mean, like, so you can see certain things that people at home can't see. Yep. But then sometimes if it's a bad angle, then I have to look at the monitor. Then we're kind of looking at the same thing. So do they ever um, point and talk to you and say stuff? To oh, you? yeah. Plenty of times. Some people shout me out and be like, yeah, what's good? And I'd be like, dude, keep fighting. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes it'll be quiet in the middle of a fight or in the middle of a fight. And sometimes it'll be quiet and like, I'll say something and they'll hear me and they'll be like, they'll look at me like, shut up. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's happened before. Wait, so you'll talk? So I'll be like, oh, like so-and-so's got to do this to get out of this position. And they'll hear you? And then like the guy on top will be like, dude, shut up. (laughs) And I'll be like, oh, sorry, he heard me. (laughs) I didn't think you could hear. Oh yeah. If it's it's quiet, they can probably hear me because we're kind of loud. Um. Yeah, but there's been like how, one time. How is it? Do you feel like you have to like shout your voice or? Um. Well, like I said, like 
at the beginning we have now we have headphones with the mouthpieces so like cool they our guy phil he'll come over and he'll just like adjust all the volumes in our head mm. so we can hear ourselves and we can hear the other anchor does phil talk to you yeah and he'll talk to us in our heads and stuff like that and um yeah so he makes it like sound perfect and i try not to get too turned up because if you yell into the mic it mm. it might come out weird but, no, I've heard it in you in the YouTube video sometimes yeah. where you, you guys will like say stuff and it sounds crackly. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes that'll happen if you're like, wow, if you freak out, dude. I'm so glad. On a, just on a side note, that yeah. you that you guys actually commentate. Uh huh. It makes the video so much smoother, right? Like that's what I mean. I can't even with my fight. Like I couldn't sit there and watch the whole thing without just you guys fight. commentating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. Like I, I would have watched it in mute or something. Mm-hmm. If that was the case. Yeah, like, and we always try to keep it light. We always try to keep it cool and try to, you know, crack you a can, few jokes here yeah, and there. Yeah. Keep it fun. Um, but yeah. I, I remember, I, remember uh, I talked to you about this, but you said something about, I think it was, uh, I don't know who said that you, you don't want to, he doesn't want to blow his load too early. Oh then, my God, dude. Flow Combat tweeted that out and laughed at me. I said that by accident. <laughs> oh, was you? I like I I I wanted to say like, oh, he doesn't want to like, you know. I know exactly what you meant. He didn't want to like blow his adrenaline too early, yeah. but it came out as he doesn't want to blow his load too early. <laughs> and then like right away, I'm like, oh, that didn't sound right. And then Andy looks at me Andy's and like, like there's I, like this delayed laugh where he just starts cracking up. I could I could uh. And then hear it like yeah. you don't need to see it. You can uh-huh. hear you is like a si- <laughs> quiet silence. I can imagine you guys looking at each other, and then you I could hear the the, the faint laughter you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like oh, they noticed, they noticed. Yeah. yeah, and then but you guys tried to like flow combat actually clipped that out and tweeted it out and made fun of me. And I'm Dude. like, yeah, I retweeted it. Out. I'm like, yo, um, sometimes I trip over my words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are saying so many words, I and know. it's like. All night. And Andy Live. does Andy does both now too. Because he'll go out, he'll announce, mm. and then he'll run back and commentate with me. <laughs> so wow. he's doing a lot. Wow. Yeah. Andy Andy does that a lot impressive. on fight night. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are I mean Yeah, it's so fun. They they don't know what you guys Right. Like that that's special. And um And then when it's a when it's a crazy fight, that's when it's the most fun. Which is what I also wanted to bring up. Yep. I am going to have him as a guest, actually. He's going to be my first guest in 2021. Oh. I wanted you to bring this up so I can um, make a little clip on this. Oh, and it died. Nice. I think it's still recording. I hope but, so. Um, name the time that you have experienced a ruckus crowd and the people who go the craziest for. And yep. I think you... I think we're talking about the same person. Yes. But there's something about... A Chris O'Brien fight. Yes. That is just different. I don't know why, but <laughs> I mean, he's a guy who's, you know, he's an amateur fighter. Yep. You know, which and, is incredible. Right. He's only an amateur. Like, and he's got like this crazy following. And he just like, he's such a nice guy and just seems like such yes. a normal dude. But when he fights, it's so different. Yeah. He's like a different person in there. He's a I was freaking surprised. superstar. I'm and surprised he's that nice. He's awesome. Such a good dude. I love that kid. But yeah, the bearded old dragon, the bearded dragon, Chris O'Brien. Epic name. That's what it is. Epic name, by the way. Yep, right. He's totally got that big fitting. beard. I mean, come on. 
but him when he fights it's just different and when so when he he was also i've talked to him before he's also kind of one of those people who like he wasn't sure about fighting like whether or not he wanted to do it and then he like he kind of he did one and then he was like all right we'll do another one you know and then next thing you know he's three and oh you know ready for a title shot and uh, i think he fits at 55 so he fights at 55 so mm. they they give him a title shot against a kid named chris Snyder. yes Who's a beast? Who was a champion already? Who was the featherweight champ? So he was moving up to fifty-five to fight Chris O'Brien, and so Snyder's a stud, stud wrestler, good boxer. Yep, good I at saw everything. That fight. Crazy athlete. I mean, he's got the freaking body like he's ripped up, mm. and so I think a lot of people were counting Chris out of that fight because he was good. He was three and zero, but he kind of he didn't face the talent that Snyder had faced at that point. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we go into that fight and I just remember there was just, both of these guys had good followings. Mm-hmm. And so there was just an electricity in the air. It was just different. Chris Niger walks out, you know, he's got his featherweight belt with him. People go nuts. Wow. And then Chris, Chris O'Brien comes out and I think he usually walks out to enter Sandman Metallica Mm -hmm. and Metallica hits the speakers and these people are going nuts. Is it the, yes, that one, that one, that one. So these people are going nuts. And I remember like sitting there watching, like just the atmosphere was incredible. I was like, this is, I feel like I'm in like the friggin' the TD garden right now. Like, these people are going nuts. Wow. And I remember like I would take my headphones off just so I could hear what it was you like. Had to catch I was like, moment. this is crazy. And wow. so I'm, we're all so hyped. And then the fight goes on and um, O'Brien, like they kind of came out. It was pretty even. O'Brien like caught him with a spinning back fist or something and like clipped him mm. and like, you know, shoots for a guillotine and I'm like, whoa, like O'Brien's in this fight. Like he's not going to get smoked here. Mm. So the second round comes out different story and Snyder just comes out and beats the piss out of him mm. and he's just beating on him. And I'm like, oh man, like, you know, it was, it was good while it lasted, but mm-hmm. you know, Snyder is just, he's the guy yep. and I'm starting to write him off. And then Snyder had him up against the cage and was just unloading on him just throwing everything Mm. at him just like so many punches and then and meanwhile o'brien was just up against the cage trying to rope a dope and just Mm -hmm. throwing right hands and so snyder you could tell snyder was like you know for lack of a better word blowing his load (laughs) and um but he like blew all his adrenaline and he you could see he was getting tired and he friggin' he shoots in for a takedown. Yeah. And I just remember him shooting for a takedown. Everybody's going nuts. And he, he shoots for a takedown. And there's right away O'Brien just puts him in a triangle. And he as soon as he put him in the triangle, like the place, like the roof came off oh. of this place. Like it was insane. I just remember thinking, like, oh my God, he's gonna pull this off. And then Snyder friggin' taps. And it was <gasps> like it was like I literally like it's kind of funny because if you watch the video you can't even hear me because I got up and like walked away I was like that was the craziest fucking (laughs) thing yeah I literally got up took my headset off and just like 
I like, I had to stand up. I was like, that was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. (laughs) I was blown away. Wow. And so Andy was like by himself and he's like trying to describe like what's going on (laughs) because it was just that crazy. And, and it was like, like if you just watch the fight without the atmosphere, without the crowd, Mm -hmm. it would just be another fight. It would just be whatever. Like it would be a good fight, but it would be like whatever. But just the way that the crowd reacted and just the feeling of it, Mm -hmm. it just made it like so much different. It was wild. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. That was top, probably my number one, my number two, my number one and number two is um, that fight. And then John Duma against Brian Rossi. That one was crazy too. Well, the people were going crazy. People were going nuts. And that was a fight where Duma was taking a fucking beating and then pulled Isn't it off. Isn't that where he was losing like the first two rounds <sighs> Dude, or something? His nose was bleeding everywhere and he was just getting beat on in the first round. For the title? It was for the title. Yeah. He got the shit beat out of him in the first round. And um, friggin' second round. He comes out in the second round and Rossi was just like... Rossi was like a veteran at this point. Like he had, he already had like nine fights. Yeah. And so he was kind of like, it was kind of like his last like big run to kind of like decide if he was going to go pro or not. Mm-hmm. And so Rossi just came out there for blood. And so he beats the shit out of him in the first round. And mm. then in the second round, Duma comes out and like Rossi's a southpaw. So he, D- Duma comes out and he catches him with a left uppercut underneath that like stumbled him mm-hmm. and then he stumbles and he shoots in and then just takes his back and choked him out and that Beautiful. was that one was crazy too because that one was like it was like a 10-8 round in the first round and then he freaking finished him wow. in the second it, that one was crazy too that wow. was like my top two best fights I've, I've i've commentated on there's a lot of them yeah but of course those are my top two for sure well, that's awesome that you get to experience the best and the worst. Yeah. Oh, there's some bad ones. But, yeah, um, I bet. I know. You know. Yeah. There's some great ones. And the great ones make it all worth it. Yeah. Because you never know what's going to happen that night. And it's like, am I going to have another one of those? <laughs> right. You know. Does that make you love some crazy moments Much more? Oh, yeah. Way more. Yeah. Because it's like, I love, like, I love everything about fighting. Like, it's, I'm not like one of those people who just, like. I could tell. Like there's fight fans where they just, they love to watch it. They'll try it out. They'll train a little bit. Yeah. And then there's people who are like, there's like, there's fighters who like don't even watch fights. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's guys like uh, that, like the hipster Derek fighters. Lewis, uh, I heard yeah. he doesn't like fighting. There's like hipster fighters out there who don't even, like if you ask them about like UFC, they won't even know. You know what I'm saying? Strange. But I'm like a hardcore fight person. You know what I'm saying? I, I, not only do I do it, but I watch it all. You know what I'm saying? I watch UFC. Yeah. I watch, I'll watch boxing. I'll watch kickboxing. Do you watch LFA? Of course. Yeah. And I have like, I know people who fight at LFA, so I'm always checking yeah, it out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm the type of person where if it's fights, I'll watch it. You mm. know, I like, I just, I live, eat and breathe fighting. <laughs> like that's yeah. just what I do, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I could tell. I'm so glad that we have people like you in at least the bare minimum cage titans yep. but like just to have you in our gym yeah and i don't do you think that we would have had commentating cage titans if it wasn't for you um well like i said they were gonna do it that night but i think if i didn't take it over with andy yeah because me and andy kind of just especially andy andy andy's like the voice of cage titans like that's kind of his nickname mm. but i think ever since you know me and andy took over 
I think if we didn't take over, I think it would have been a, like a revolving door of just guys like, oh, these oh, guys are doing gotcha. it And then they would do it. And then it'll be like, all right, we're going to try out these guys. But then when me and Andy took over, it was like, okay, this is the team. You know what I'm saying? This mm. is the base team. This is who does it. You know? And then ever since then, like I've become like more involved with Cage Titans. Like I do a lot with Cage Titans. Like mm. I, on fight day, I show up like in the morning and we're setting up the cage oh wow and we're like you know getting the venue ready like i'm there all day like i'll sleep over i'll sleep because it's like an hour-long ride for me mm-hmm. so i'll come friday night after work i'll go to mike's house and we'll get shit we'll stay up all night getting shit ready yeah so i become like a big part of the team you know what i'm saying so it's like i commentate for cage titans but i also kind of like work for cage titans like that's kind of yeah, like another yeah. job of mine so that's cool. What do you think you're going to do after you retire? You're going to continue with MMA in another? Uh, I think fighting will always be part of my life in one way or another. Like, yeah. Like I'll never stop training. I like if you're like fact. 40, 45. If I'm like 60, 70. Oh, really? Like I will Epic. never. I don't think I'll, I'll never stop training. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think I'll do it forever. Like I think I can do jujitsu forever. Like why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a I lot know. of old dudes out I there. Know. You know what I mean? Like you see like those 70 year old blue belts. Like that's cool. That's so awesome. But I think well, like the grandma's doing it. Yeah. There's yeah. Like yeah. A, a page, Instagram page of this grandma. grandma. Huh? Of, yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. That's cool. Um, now let's talk about, um, your love for pro, pro wrestling. Oh, sh- hell yeah. Okay. I, forget, I didn't want to forget about that. Part. Oh, dude, let's do it. Dude, your body, uh, your body language telling me you're like really ready for this. Love pro wrestling. I love it too. And I know you're a big pro I wrestling fan. I know so fan. much about it. You had that raw sticker on your car, right? That's remember right. That? I was like, I remember That's seeing right. that and being like, okay, this kid yeah. knows. <laughs> I know. I know. Raw is war. That's yep. honestly. Attitude era, man. Huh? Attitude era. Did you, were you there for my second fight against Brett? Yeah, I was there for both of them. I came out to uh, No Chance in Hell by yeah. Vince. So um, I, I know in the future, I'm going to keep coming out to like. I made I made a list like oh what's the next song I want to come out to I remember one time this kid came out to um, Shawn Michaels' song oh awesome I was like that was lit awesome <laughs> looking back it felt so much cooler and then you look back and it's like oh this is kind of kind of trash <laughs> right it's cool to you but you're then like, you're like uh, what are other people gonna think <laughs> yeah <laughs> this one dude commented it was like like it sucked or something like that yeah I was like no it doesn't haters. and I watched it I'm like haters yeah. oh yeah haters haters um it's also fun like when you're inside the, the, the fighting circle like you get to watch your topology like there's an activity email that I get every yeah, week yeah, saying yeah. like oh, how many too. people I get yeah. that too yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you would probably look it up more than I do but um, and I always liked to look like oh, how many people saw my page See how many views you get yeah yeah I like when I'm getting ready for a fight that's when the views go way mm-hmm. up <laughs> oh like, for you because everybody's yeah. researching me yeah yeah Um, I love my idea of coming out like I'll always incorporate pro wrestling um, yeah because I love the way that they put an emphasis on entrances. Mm. So I, I want to do that. I want to make entrances like that. Like when I see enter Sandman with um, O'Brien. Yeah. Like I see a WWE right. type of energy with right. that. So my, my first one with um, uh, feeling good with Nina Simone, like making everybody wait yep. and I'm new and I'm like, I would think, the way I thought about it was like, no one knows me. Right. Who is this guy? 
why why do you have to do that like mm-hmm. you're new don't come on just get out we want to we want to watch your fight like i don't even want to watch your fight i want to watch my friend's fight who's like two fights from now but <laughs> but like i want the the way that i'm thinking about it it's like come for your friend but stay for me that's my attitude at least gotcha so you're sticking around like to see like oh like i'm gonna make you guys wait you guys are waiting for me like i'm not waiting for you sounds weird but um, <laughs> i don't know like who is this guy like i, I want people to start questioning it uh, yeah that's even if it didn't play out that way exactly right. yeah, maybe not but that's the way i wanted to go in my head so I put the flag out, my Dominican flag. Yep. I put it up there. Got out of the flag. Wait. And then until like it kind of, the song kind of dropped, I turned around. So that was cool. Um, do you have any of that in your entrances or did you just come out? I, I know some so. people, they just like music. Well, the out. thing is, is like, so for CES, they don't really give you any room to be creative, which sucks. I think literally room too. Like the entrance is like. Yeah. Because it's literally like, I don't know if you've seen the entrance at Twin River. So they like. I've been there. I don't yeah. think I've ever watched you fight though. They don't, they don't, like you said, like you can wait for your cue and walk out at Cage Titans. We'll, we'll let you do that. Yeah. But at, at CES, it's different because, because of the, like the TV broadcast, they just want you like, just, just walk oh, in. Oh, jeez, Yeah. So they, they literally like, they put us in front of the banner, the CES banner. And yep. then they like, there's a camera guy right in front of you. And then they tell you, they're like, all right, walk. You know what I'm saying? So you can't really be creative. And so it mm. kind of sucks, but not even I, if you forced it. No, I mean, I could try to, for, I could, I could probably like tell them like, look, this is what I want to do. And but like, even if you did it, they're like, Oh, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. That's what I think. Like right, it's right. live. What yeah, are they going to do? True. Yeah, yeah. But they tell you they're like, all right, you're going to be in front of the banner and then the guy's going to cue you. And then you just walk. And I was mm. like, dude, but my song, I have a song cue That's that cool I want to go up to. Yeah, so, I mean, I always try to come out to, like, a Spanish song. Like, that's mm. kind of my thing. Like, I always come out to reggaeton. Nice. Like, I used to, Gasolina was my thing for a while. Like, oh, that yes. was my song. So, I used to always come out to Gasolina. And then I've kind of switched it up recently. But mm. I always come out to, like, a reggaeton song because I always have the Puerto Rico flag with me. Yeah, and right. it's funny to see the reactions because as soon as you see, like, if there's Puerto Ricans in the crowd like that, I don't even know like that aren't my family because there's a ton of my family's there. But then like, if there's other Puerto Ricans in the flag in the, in the crowd mm-hmm. and they see the flag, mm-hmm. like they're immediately like they're behind you immediately. They're like, Oh yeah, that's our guy. It's awesome to see that. Yeah. There's not enough of that. Always. Not enough Puerto Ricans. Yeah. Um, what, what do you want for your, your future in MMA? Like I know 2020, yeah. what were your plans? And then what? my plans for 2020 was being the UFC by now, but that didn't happen. Yeah. So I think next year we're just going to have to so keep moving, plan. keep moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to get another fight. I just got back from Brazil and uh, don't worry. I got a COVID test. I'm good. Um, but I went to Brazil because a friend of mine, Johnny cupcakes took a fight on short notice. What happened with his ear? Dude, it got ripped off. Like literally. <laughs> I saw the it picture. Like There's no video of it. Yeah, bro. It was like hanging. Dude, they, when I saw and that. they sewed it up right then and there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was wild. I watched the whole thing. Jeez. Yeah, it was brutal. So we were in Brazil, and but like that promotion to our MMA, they were really like really professional. Like they treated it like it was the UFC. Like we got fight kits and stuff. Like it was really cool. Cool. And um, I think 
going there and seeing all that and kind of like being a part, it's been so long since I've been like at a fight night mm. that I was kind of like, oh my God, I need to fight. Like I need to get going again. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of like reinvigorated me. So now I'm like kind of pumped to get back in. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I talked to them. They said they would have, they're having like, they're doing a fight in Florida. Who is? Uh, Tara. Ta- Taura. Oh yeah. MMA. Yeah. So yeah. I guess they're going to, yeah, it's Brazilian, but they're, they're branching out into Florida. And so they're going to do some fights in Florida. So they told me to hit them up. So we'll see. Do you know what your UFC path looks like? Like, nope. the, like, do you have to fight? Like, do they tell you these things? Like, well, Hey, if you fight, if you win like two more fights, yeah. you welcome back. That's the thing. They don't tell you. you Damn just, it. You never know. There's no formula, dude. It's just like, yeah. You just got to kind of go out there and get finishes. But I feel like you got to finish guys. That's it. Mm. And then, you know, if you have a good manager like I do, like he has Sean Shelby's email. So it's like, right. So if I get another good win, then he can go like, hey, look, like, you know, this guy fought on contenders. Like, let's give him another shot. Yep. And then, you know, he may or may not take me, you know. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side of that, it could be like tomorrow, Sean Shelby could call Mike and be like, hey, I need a guy for this. Are like, they looking for fighters recently? They're always looking for fighters, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the thing. Like it could literally be wait. like, Mike, Mike could literally get an email and it would be like, Hey, this is a fight for Richie, you know, yes or no. And like, it'll just be like, that could happen tomorrow. You mm. know what I mean? You never know. So it's weird. Like, because people always ask like, Oh, like how do you get in the UFC? And it's like, dude, I don't know. Like, I really don't. Yeah. Have people treated you differently after your UFC? Yeah, I think especially like people hit you up weird. Yeah, like yeah. I think especially like right after it happened, I think it was like because like you know I was on ESPN and I was on the Contender series, mm. so I was kind of like looked at as like oh you're kind of like this next level guy. So you know, good and bad. Like you know, people kind of like looked at it like oh like why is he there? Like he doesn't deserve that shot. But then other people were kind of like, Oh, like I know this guy and he's fighting on ESPN, you know? So it's like, you know, you take the good with the bad. It's Mm -hmm. it's interesting. (laughs) Do you know someone that, um, in new England that you think is, is someone that's going to make it eventually? Uh, Mitch Raposo. That's what I was thinking too. (laughs) Yeah. He's the guy. That kid is, he's something else. Yeah. He's something else. And, um, people always like his last fight, he won by decision. He actually beat a guy that he beat a guy that beat me and he looked good in that fight. But oh, people, wow. people are always quick to criticize him because he doesn't have that many finishes and he didn't finish yeah. this guy. But dude, here's the thing. Mitch didn't finish that guy, but that guy will never beat Mitch in a fight. You know what I mean? That's the way I yeah, look at it. It's I like get he it. dominated him so bad. that I like, get it. What, what else do you want? You yeah. Know what I mean? right. Like he won that fight easily. Yeah. And that was a tough dude. You know, that, that, that dude beat me. <laughs> so wow. he caught me though. He didn't <laughs> just, uh, like, yeah, um, well, he, he dropped me with a body shot. He kicked me in the stomach Damn. and dropped me and then, uh, got me in a darse. Oh, okay. And friggin' he put me out. I didn't tap. I didn't tap. Wow. Let this be known right here, right yeah. now. <laughs> so he put me out. Um, yeah, but yeah. So Mitch, Mitch is the guy. He, he'll be in there next couple of years or so. And he's so young too. Yeah, he's freaking 22, 21. Yeah, super young. That's what I, I'm. I'm like freaking twenty eight. I'm running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Dude, I'm 26 and I'm 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 only in my second amateur fight. Like, yeah, I'm like starting to think, like, what right. the heck do I do? Do I yeah. just keep doing it and take my time? Yeah, because yeah. Well, the thing is, is like a lot of times Sean Shelby will say like they only want guys under 30. Yeah. So it kind of like it's kind of like it kind of like makes you rush. Yeah. But at the same time, you see like certain guys getting in the like 32, 33. So it's kind of like eh, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm 28, so I got two more years till I'm 30. So, I mean, there's a lot that can happen in two years. So we'll see what happens. Exactly, so, yeah, you can do a lot, right? So we'll see. Yeah, um, I'm trying to figure out how to um, cut. The, like, there's like a minute left. You wanna wrap it up? Yeah, wrap it up. Say say something like for you know some final thoughts. Thanks everybody. <laughs> nah, that's yeah, cool, man. Thoughts. But <laughs> we got well. We already know we got to do a part two. <laughs> I know. I didn't even really get to talk about WWE. I know, dude. Damn it. That's okay. That's okay. Next time. Next time. Next Definitely. time we'll open. That'll be with like that. the in, like that'll, I'll be that'll be the way we started. Yes. Next time we'll open with that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, all right. How do you like to end it? Um. Any last words? Um. Yeah, man. Thanks. This was oh, fun. Yeah, of course. Dude, I told you, I gave you, me and Duma were giving you so much shit for not Dude, having here. <laughs> I'm going to have Duma on, hopefully yeah, for December. I have no idea of how he's, a, if he's going to be available, but. Um, yeah, hopefully. I'm like, yo, I need to get these guys in here or else they're going to keep giving me crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, I appreciate it. Of course. You know, I was busting your balls. I don't really care. It's fine. Oh, okay. But <laughs> no, it was fun. Um, this was really good, actually. Super cool setup. I didn't setup. know that you talked like this. Oh, yeah. You could talk. I told you this isn't my first rodeo. You're right, dude. I commentate like I have I to know. talk. <laughs> so, but in the gym, I used to think I know. that like, I'm pretty oh, quiet. Yeah, I'm quiet in the yeah, gym. It's weird. Why. It's we- I did not know how this thing's gonna go. Yeah, but man, and it's also engaging too. Like I don't know how you do it. Right. Yeah. I know you just kind of learn. Like I've done so much talking. I guess now, like yeah. so many interviews, so many podcasts, so many you know commentating. I've done it so many times that you kind of learn how to flow and just talk. Right. You know, and it's, it's definitely a skill that you learn. Right. But I mean, now that you're like starting your own podcast, like I feel like I'm doing better. Yeah. No, this was good. And I got to know you now. Well, like go to the gym, tap it up and be like, Hey, (laughs) talk about, yeah, dude, I really wanted to get into the idea. Wrestling. (laughs) I bet you know so much. I know something hidden in there. Dude, I was hardcore. I was hardcore. (laughs) But, um, Thank you so much. Till next time. Yes, I know. Till next time. Well, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, let's uh, put the music on. All right. Let's play us off. Yeah. Um, thank you to Suave, Suavemente over here. Um, <laughs> thank you guys, um, whoever made it this far out. <laughs> you made it to the deep end. Um I don't know who's uh, for the next episode, but it doesn't matter. We have Richie Santiago. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next one. All right. Thank you for listening to Talk and Tap. Thanks. Thanks.